Hi, this is Oscar Rios, president of Golden Goblin Press, and you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Hey everybody, this is John. And this is Vince. And you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Creating legends one die at a time. Welcome everybody. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna forego the good evening because you know you could be listening to this anytime, but welcome to episode 107. We've got Oscar on again tonight, regular of the show. He's got another Kickstarter going on for Between Twilight and Dawn. So how's it going, Oscar? Uh, somebody stop me. It's, it's going well. <laughs> it's going well. Um, so yeah, we're, we're do this one is a little different than the last two we've done. We're doing a, another fiction collection. Uh, we are exploring our fiction line. Um, you know, we've done fiction books, uh, that were companions to RPGs for a while. Uh, we've been doing that for a few projects. We had that with, uh, our Caribbean project and both of our, uh, both of our Invictus projects, and then uh, we decided just we're going to do a, one straight fiction. And we had uh, Heroes of Red Hook, which was really successful. Um, we were very happy with the way that turned out. And pretty much a few months after that book finished, we started work on Between Twilight and Dawn. Cool. And and this is uh, this is your eighth overall Kickstarter. This is your third in in as many months right now. How how are you making out? <laughs> Um, I don't have an ulcer. That's uh, good. I'm, I'm after, after the first two, I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping better on this one. I guess I'm, I'm used to it. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that, that, uh, that war veteran that, you know, he's been on two campaigns and now he can sleep during the shelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm so dis- desensitized to the stress at this point, <laughs> but I certainly don't want to run another one for a while. Um, but I may not have a choice. We may be running another one before the end of the year again, oh, which, which is fine. Um, yeah, but it, you know, it's, it's a fiction Kickstarter, so it has less moving parts. You know, you're not worrying about clue trails and, and you're not commissioning maps and, um, that sort of thing, you know, it's so basically it's like one author is the author, but for a scenario, you've got your author, you've got your illustrator, you've got your cartographer. You have to make sure the clue trail is, uh, is set, but this is, it's, uh, you're dealing with more authors, but less moving parts, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I've, I've always loved uh, fiction connected to RPGs. I've, I'm a, you know, I'm a gamer from the '80s. You know, we had the Dragonlance series, we had the Forgotten Realms books. You know, we had the Harper novels, and I, I mean, I was a D&D player, and I loved, I loved all of those companion fiction pieces set in that universe. So when I moved into cosmic horror, there was this great huge fast body of classic cosmic horror fiction so it just went hand in hand um so i'm you know basically a gamer who's moving into the the fiction as opposed to the other way around right right that's cool 
Um, how did how did the uh, the impetus for this particular project come about? Uh, you know, as a complete standalone, you know, different than than Heroes of Red Hook. What was what's the story behind it? Well, the 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 great thing about being a small press is is you're basically you're basically a nerd that <laughs> you you remember when you know you remember when you're you're like 15 16 and you have you're having your first beer or two with your other nerd friends and you go you know what would be really cool it would be cool if somebody did this and it's some outrageous it's outrageous idea that's kind of cool but nobody's ever going to do it and then you know then you're in your mid 40s and you're running yeah. a company and you're you know you're talking to your editor your line editor or you know you're you're and you, you know what would be really it's the same stupid conversation you had 15 when you were 15 years old except it's you know it's 30 years down the line and you can actually do it um so basically i was just talking to brian sammons and i'm like you know what would be really cool a bunch of scenarios that just take place over one a bunch of of, of fiction stories that just take place over one night you know don't drag it out you know not a ton of character development just wham he you know here's your here's you know your setup here's what happens you know start at twilight end at dawn soup to nuts done one night and they're like wow that's really cool and i'm like and any night i don't care what night it is it can be you know paul revere's ride it could be the night the titanic sinks any night any time and he's like well so past or future or about i don't care <laughs> any anywhere anytime one night that's the only one night cosmic horror and don't suck you know <laughs> and we got a lot of really good stories in that fit all of those criteria um and the authors were like wow that's a really interesting concept in a way it's very constraining and it's a bit of a challenge because it's one night and on the other hand, it's totally wide open. I can do whatever the hell I want. Um, so it was kind of half challenge and half, here's a free pass to the theme park, do whatever you want. As long as it's cool, we'll take it. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a lot of fun. Um, we ended up with, you know, we had an idea. This is how long the book we want is. And we actually got enough story, enough really good stories that we didn't want to say no to to be like the book plus 50 percent it's like we got a book and a half worth of stories i'm like well i guess we've got plenty of stretch goals yeah um <laughs> which is why we we listed all of the stretch goals on the kickstarter page going right out the bat you know um i've just started working full time again so i'm not home you know 10 you know mother henning my kickstarters so i'm thinking well if you make a stretch goal and i'm at work it's going to be like eight or nine hours before yeah. i can so i'm just going to put them all out now and hope for the best um and i thought you know well we've they, you know they're really good stories and we'll put up the blurbs and get trying to get people excited about them yeah, it's, it's definitely a good teaser. Be like, oh man, well if we make it to here, you know who we? Because we're all we're all invested. I've already backed it. I'm invested, so I want to see, you know, hit all those stretch goals. Like, yeah, give me more stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot. I mean, it'll go from eleven to I think eighteen or, so or something ridiculous, something ridiculous like that. And uh, and you a know, novel. 
and a novelette. Oh yeah, because one, you know, our our last author, um, Joe Pulver, you know, biggest name in the lineup. Um, that's a man that does not take a word count seriously. <laughs> um, so he's like, hey, it's a, you know, it's kind of a suggestion. No, it's not a suggestion. It's, it's no, really just that. So he delivered something that was way over word count. And I'm like, but it's, 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 it's really good too. And, but it's way longer. I'm like, all right, he's got to be a stretch goal. Cause he's way old, <laughs> you know, he's way over and we'll make him the anchor because his, you know, basically he gave us a story and a half. Yeah. Um, so we'll have, you know, and we're happy to put it in. Um, it's just, you know, he's, he's, he'll be the anchor man for the collection. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably a good role for him. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the concept is really cool and, and, you know, lends a sense of immediacy to the stories. Like, you know, some, you know, some fiction, especially weird fiction, you can get, you know, that slow ramp up, that building dread where here you're like, bam, it's, you know, right overnight. Right. And, it, and it really lends that, you know, you know, kind of breakneck to it. It's, it's really cool, uh, really cool but feel also, going in. But also you're, you're right on that, on that, uh, in that respect. But some of these stories, they're, they're really moody and creepy and weird. So it's not like slam. It's mm. like you're reading, like what the fuck is going on, and and <laughs> and it and it, it it unfolds beautifully, but again for the characters, it's all very quickly. So it's not all of it's like action and chasing and monsters. Although there you will have plenty of that. Right. Um, some of this is just like, what the hell is going on? Uh, we've got a we've got one story where somebody goes to a party and they're kind of not into it. And they're just kind of phoning it in, I guess, to try and force themselves to be social. And then people start talking to them. Hey, I saw you over here doing this. And it turns out they've got a double at the party. Hmm. And it's like, what? And we have one story with a bunch of guys going ice fishing. I'm thinking, who, ice fishing? Yeah. What? <laughs> like, it, it takes place in one night. And I'm like, this is, never thought of that. That's awesome. Um. You know, so it's just these really weird, out of nowhere things going on. We've got one story that it's a, a from the 1980s. It's a teenage girl slumber party, and they're doing the Bloody Mary thing. I'm like, mm. that, that's great. We've got a Halloween night story. Um, you know, we've yeah, it's just it's all over the place. Um, there's a really great story about a couple on the edge of divorce. And then you add cosmic horror into it, and and it and it actually gets worse, as if that <laughs> as if that could it, well, that wasn't bad enough, he made it worse. And I'm like, kudos, he's in. <laughs> um, and then again, we had so many great stretch goal stories that we just couldn't bring ourselves to say no to, and we're like, yes, you know, addendum, it's your stretch goal. So yeah, it'll be a great great collection. Um, don't know how long it'll be. Um, I would love to have all of them in, and hopefully we'll we'll get to that point. Mm-hmm. So, so the the base book, the core book, if you will, has got eleven stories in it, including one by yourself. Yes. Also, one by by Brian. Now, who critiques Brian when he submits a story? Like I do. Do you? Um, okay. Yeah. Um, 
and and honestly, it's like we 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 were friends, but we're very professional. And again, his standing orders is you cannot make, let me look like a douche. Um, <laughs> if it if it's not a good story, for God's sake, don't put it in. Um, if 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 I get reviewed as the worst story in the book, you're fired. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and Brian laughs because it takes the pressure off if he's going to reject me. Um, but then again, working with Brian and getting to read so many great authors um, and work with them, it's making me, uh, it's its teaching me how to improve on, you know, I'm almost mediocre at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and Brian's written more fiction than I have. And um, I read it and I read it as, if you're reading a story and three pages in, you're, you forget that you're publishing it and you just want to know how it ends and you're enjoying it and it's making you smile, you know, as a fan, you know, it works and you know, it's good. Um, right. And that's, that happens time and time and time again. And, and when I read Brian's, um, I think by the end of the first page, I was, I had a smile on my face and I'm like, all right, this is pretty fucking cool. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, well, this, 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 it's got, it got my stamp of approval. Um, but again, we don't want we don't want that author to look bad. I would rather reject an author than put out a story that I'm, I think that they could do better, right. or that we as a company could do better. And in in fact, um, I'm not going to say which author. Um, there's an author in this collection, and he's in the core collection. And since I'm saying he, you can narrow it down <laughs> a little bit, not much. That he sent us a story right away. And I read it, and it wasn't bad, but I didn't love it. I didn't feel it was quite the right fit. Um, and he's written for us before, and, and I, I liked him, but we rejected him. But we rejected him very quickly and said, you know, you've got plenty of time. Uh, if you want to send us something else, you've got months before the deadline. And please, if you can come up with another idea, we'd love to consider it. And... Two weeks later, we get another story from him, and it's awesome. Mm. And I'm like, really nailed it. And I'm like, okay, great, you're you're in, you're yes, and we all walked away happy. And I'm thinking, you know, kudos for him for taking the rejection and going, okay, I'm an author, I can write another story. This is not right. the end of the world, you know. Took it professionally. And, and came back with a really great story. And I was so relieved that we had made that call because, you know, he, he'd come back way stronger for the rejection. And now we have a story that's like really central, you know, and, and solid into the collection. So as an editor, you have those moments where you've got to say no to someone. Um, but, and ultimately you help, you hope what happened here happens that they'll come back you know, that they'll come back from it, you know, even stronger and, and deliver something even more interesting. Um, and, you know, Brian's rejected me before and I've listened to the critiques and I've gotten better. And I think every author needs to do that. You're not going to hit a home run every time. Sure. You know? sure. Well, and that's crazy to, to, to churn out an even better story in, you know, a little over two weeks or a little under two weeks. That's that's crazy. Right. Well, you know, sometimes all it takes is a good idea, a pot of coffee and, 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 you know, 
the muse on your shoulder. Um, you know, an author can get into that zone and really crank out something great. We've literally gotten stories submitted less than 12 hours after we've launched the writing project. Like we've we've sent out the email inviting people for the project and less than 24 hour we got somebody going, here's my story. And we're like, and it's so specific, you know, like we're, we're doing a story, uh, a fiction book about cats, you know, that cats are the central theme to all the horror stories. We sent out the invite literally less than 12 hours later, someone sent in the first story and it was amazing. Wow. And we're like, well, I know you didn't have a cat-themed Call of Cthulhu story <laughs> just sitting on you. And maybe you did, but I'm pretty sure you didn't just have that sitting on your computer. He goes, I had a good idea, and I just wrote it. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah, I am in. I am in awe of. I'm, you know, as an author, and I write a lot. I'm still in awe of other authors because everybody writes different. Everybody has their own method. Hmm. You know, it's not like we're all. You know, we're all baseball players. You know, we're all hitting the ball and running, doing the same. You know, we all do what we do completely differently. Um, and we all produce things that are very different from one another. So I'm, I'm always, you know, fascinated and, and, and amazed to uh, read other people's work and, and see how quickly or, you know, how their, their, their creative process works. Well, so let me ask you this then. So you've run, written a ton of, of RPG scenarios, you know, Call of Cthulhu scenarios. And obviously it's different between writing fiction, straight fiction and, and writing scenario. Which do you enjoy more? Do you prefer one or the other? Which one's easier for you to write? Um, it's kind of like asking me which child I love more. Um, <laughs> You know, which, which is your, you know, I can tell you which my favorite cat is of, of the three I own. Um, I will say that, that writing a scenario and then running it and seeing people enjoy it. There's nothing like that. Hmm. You know, you write it and, and you're, you're churning it out and, and you're getting it ready and it's a whole process and you're not really writing an ending. That's a big difference between fiction and RPG. Um, RPG, the way I might write my scenarios anyway, um, I don't have an ending. I don't have major climax scenes. I have it's I you just write possibilities. Your players will write that ending. You just have to set up the conflict. Mm -hmm. um, and I have written things that I wrote an ending, and they tend to be railroady. So I try not to do that anymore. Um, so when we run it, you know, we being the group and I, whoever's playing it, it's always a surprise uh, to see where they go and how they react and what they do. So that's more of a that's more of a dinner party, you know, but writing a writing a piece of fiction is a very personal thing. You know, those are your characters. That's your narrative. That's your ending um, and your resolution. So it's kind of like writing a very railroady scenario where you're all the players and playing all the roles. So it's completely different. Um, but when people read it and they're affected by it, you know, the art of it and all art makes you feel. So when I see someone has read something and, and they'll drop me a line or say, I read this and it really spoke to me. Um, 
again, there's nothing like that. Um, you know, I, I find RPG writing easier because I've done so much more of it. Right. And I've been doing it for so much longer. Um, but there's an artistry to fiction um, that I'm not as good at. And I find it uh, a lot more challenging. Um, and I'm still learning and growing. So um, as my personal growth, I, 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 you know, I'll never really consider myself a fiction author. I'll always consider myself an RPG guy that dabbles in fiction, um, you know, which is fine. You know, there are worse, there are far worse things to be in this world, you know. Um, for a long time, I was that nerd who wrote things for his home game who didn't have the confidence to try and get anything published. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there, there's a million people out there listening who are that. You know, that they've written things and they've run games and they have short stories and they haven't shown them to anyone or don't have the confidence to send them. Um, you know, so I could have been that forever. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was lucky enough to, you know, fall into actually doing this. So, um, yeah, I feel very blessed either way. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and we're, uh, and we're better for it to have you out there providing these opportunities for, you know, people to get out and play games and, you know, experience that. And, you know, also to be able to, you know, go ahead and read the fiction that you're writing and the, you know, the fiction that you're collecting and, you know, things that you enjoy and presenting to, uh, you know, to people to, you know, experience that. Well, I, it's, it's my honor, actually. I, I try never lose sight of that. That's awesome. All right. Um, so when, when you get into a, a fiction project like this, do you, have you ever done like an open call, like, you know, put something on a website, Hey, we're doing a project. Anybody could send stuff in, or you do more of like an invitational, like, Hey, we want these particular authors to come in and, you know, submit stories for these collections. Well, Brian has a, a vast network of authors that he's worked with <clears throat> that we know, uh, can deliver the goods and you know they're they're they have a lot of different styles and they have a, a lot of different points of view and they come from different parts of the country so we can send out a specific invite to 30 people um, and we're only looking for 10 or 12 um, so to put out an open call you know you can get 60 people, yeah. you're still only looking for those 10. Mm -hmm. um, so we haven't done an open, open call yet, but we have invited, you know, 30 plus authors for 10, you know, 10 or 12 slots. And, um, but no, I mean, I think we're, we're getting to the point where um, an open call might be something we're, we're considering for a upcoming project. But luckily, I am not the fiction line editor <laughs> that, 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 you know, that job falls to Brian. who's much better at it than I am. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm smart enough to know I'm not as smart as I want to believe I am. So, <laughs> but I'm also smart enough to find people who are smarter than I am in these, in these roles and positions. Um, so that's Brian's problem, not mine. Um, right. 
I can just come up with fun ideas and drop them in his lap. And then he's like, well, that's a cool idea. I'm not really, it's going to be kind of a bitch, but yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, which he's great that way. Cool. Brian's like that friend you can come up with any crazy freaking idea and he'll be like, well, oh yeah, sure. Let's go steal a bus. You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's let's go out for white Russians and and you know at right you know let's go out for white Russians and and uh, White Castle at three in the morning. That sounds like a good idea. No, no, it's not a good idea. But he'll <laughs> but he'll be with you to do it. So we have I I have ideas and Brian's like sure we can do that and we figure out how later. But it's working out so far. We're having fun. Yeah, there you go. Everybody needs a friend like that. <laughs> Everybody needs a friend like Brian Sammons. I'll tell, I'm going to say that right now. We, you know, we're putting that on his tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> and and he was just on the uh, on the Miskatonic University podcast the other day talking about what we're talking about now. So right, right. is is he kind of sharing the load with you as far as like the promotional stuff and doing the podcasting and things as well, or? Dude, it's my third Kickstarter this month. If I don't have somebody sharing the load, I'm gonna just crack. Um, no, but he's a he's 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 very passionate and very intelligent, uh, speaking about the project, and he knows these stories better than anyone. Um, so there's you know there's he's a great guy to have out there, you know, helping stump it, you know, and he wants the projects to succeed. You know, these are these are our babies. You know, we've put a lot of work into them um, from the initial concept of, hey, what would be a cool idea to writing the, you know, writing the invite? Who are we inviting to the project? And you get them to submit. And then you've got the pile and you read them. And like, what do you think of this one? What do you think of that one? I like this one. This one's a maybe for me. Um, you know, and, and then you hash out the lineup. I mean, a lot of love goes into producing one of these. So, of course, you know, you want to see them succeed. You want to see them fun and be produced and be, uh, you know, well, you know, well accepted by the fan base. For sure. All right. I'm going to I'm going to segue here because you mentioned coffee earlier. So I didn't jump on it then, but we'll circle back around now. So, uh you know, Birds of a Feather is uh, one of our, well, at this point, our only sponsor, sad face. Um, but Birds of Feather Coffee is awesome. I did not have my coffee today. I went straight for the monster because I was absolutely dying when I came home from work. Don't tell Neil. But I got a, a fresh batch of coffee in the other day. Uh, you can order at birdscoffeecompany.com. Uh, Neil right now is offering a Legends 10 code, so you can get 10% off your order over there. Uh, the coffee that I like is the uh, is the Night Owl blend. Uh, Birds of a Feather Coffee Company roasts unique craft coffees in small batches, so it's always fresh, to which I can attest. I put in an order on Wednesday. The following Tuesday, normally, I have coffee at my house, freshly roasted over the weekend, so it's fantastic. Uh, their signature blends showcase the amazing breadth and depth of flavor that coffee has to offer. Uh, he's always tinkering with little things, changing stuff around. I have two super special secret Legends blends right now that I'm, we're trying to figure out which one we want to go with. Uh, the Night Owl blend, for instance, is a rich, deep cup of coffee with notes of smooth caramel, decadent cocoa, and bittersweet molasses with just a touch of acidity to clean the palate so you're ready for the next sip. Check out all the coffees over at Birds, 
birdscoffeecompany.com. Use code LEGENDS10. You get 10% off. Easy peasy. Then we'll go back to the interview. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to make sure we get those plugs in. Of course. Of course. I mean, where would I, you know, I wouldn't get 10 words written in a row if it wasn't for coffee. <laughs> All right. So we talked a little bit earlier, almost all the stretch goals uh, that you've got laid out are all for, for extra stories. You've got a bookmark in there, so extra interior line art and stuff. So uh, everybody can kind of see up front what the, what the goals are. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, we did the interior art for um, Heroes of Red Hook, and then we did it for Beyond Red Hook. And, you know, it's it's fun. You know, it's fun to have that little illustration before a story. Um, it's challenging because you've got to assign a piece of art that's not going to give away the ending. So you always have to pick something in the beginning of the story. Um, so nobody, you know, you get an, a taste of what's going on, but not, you know, not any spoilers in it. Um, but it, it is always fun to uh, have a, a piece of art. And, you know, the authors love it. You know, and I think the fans love it too. So, mm -hmm. we'll see. You know, that I think that's our first stretch goal to actually get art for all the stories, right? And and, and the bookmark. You know, right. who doesn't like a good bookmark? Yeah, I, I'm, so I've got a stack of bookmarks in my head. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so you you brought Ian McLean back to uh, to illustrate the cover, um, and he's also going to be doing the uh, the interior line art as well. Yep, um, he did a great job on Heroes of Red Hook. Um, so, you know, we like to, you know, we're lucky enough to be working with some great illustrators now, um, which is good because we're running, you know, running so many projects at once. Um, we, you know, like currently we have three different illustrators illustrating three different projects. Right. Um, so he's going to, he's starting to become our fiction guy. Okay. I mean, it's, it's always good to have a look, you know, when you're launching a line to have a, a similar style of art on all of your covers um, is, is pretty, uh, I like it. You know, I, I like the, the consistency of it. But then again, I'm very anal retentive. Um, <laughs> so I like to have all of Ruben's covers on our Tales of series. Um, I like to have all of our Al Al Alberto Guerra's work on our Invictus line. Um I don't know. Maybe I'm like one of those little dogs that has to put all their toys and, you know, organize them in all their, their little piles and by color, but um, I'm crazy and it works. So I'm not going to fight it. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. The, and the, the, the cover for uh, between twilight and dawn really, you know, is so evocative of the theme. It's just, you know, kind of reminiscent of childhood, you know, you, you know, you've got that long shot going away, you know, like a little kid, you know, at dusk and like, oh, you know, kind of whistle past the graveyard. You got the tentacles coming in from the side. It, it's just, it's got a really cool feel to it. It really grabbed me when I went to the Kickstarter. Right. And when I, when I, when we pitched the idea, he sent us like six examples of that. I mean, they were all slightly different. And I think, Four of them would have been great covers. Mm. And it was really like one of them, the kid, what did, I don't think he had a backpack, but he was on a bike. Like mm. he was walking the bike. I'm like, oh, it's the kids on bikes. <laughs> um, you know, that whole theme of, and uh, one had a dog. And I'm like, oh, the dog's really cool. But if you've got a dog with you, it's less scary because at least you've got a dog with you. Uh, yeah. So we really, and then I originally thought that it would be, it would be darker. I thought we'd have like tones of blue, and, and, you know, like the dusks and the shadows. 
And when he when he gave us the color version, you know, he had that orange sunset. And it was completely not what I was expecting, but it was so cool, you know, at, at the same time. Like, oh, okay. You know, we didn't discuss color theme, but that really is amazing. So, yeah, cool, um, which is great. You know, you, you basically give, you know, the vague overview of an assignment and you see what the author does. And sometimes they surprise you. You almost always surprise you in, in such wonderful ways. Right. Now, uh, on the off chance that some of these stretch goals don't make it, and come on. I mean, you know, but is there any chance that some of those stories may wind up in another collection? You know, do you kind of like, you know, have a repository of, oh, shit, we didn't make this one, but, you know, maybe we can, you know, we can get it in here? Um, well, I think if we don't make a certain story, we're going to allow the author the option of taking it back and pitching it to someone else. Um, because, I mean, honestly, all of these stories are too good to just leave sitting on the, you know, on the cutting room floor. Sure. Um, but yeah, I would definitely hold on to all of these stories and, and try and work them into a future project. But again, they're very specific. They're all stories that take place in, in one night. So they're perfect for this, but they could work in other, in other collections. Okay. That's fair. Um, and you're for overseas backers, the books are going to be printed, uh, print on demand, uh, via lightning source. Um, so does, does having that print-on-demand option sort of fix the problem of, of international shipping? I mean, that's just, you know, with any Kickstarter, it's just such a killer. It, it, I wouldn't say it fixes the problem. I would say that it, it alleviates, you know, alleviates <laughs> mitigates some of it, because um, it's not a perfect fix. Uh, because, sure, the books will be printed wherever they're going to be printed, and they'll get to international backers a little cheaper, but then I'm not there to stick the bookmark in, you know, then if they want to order a copy of our last book, well, that's coming from New York and there you are with international shipping again. Right. So you're defeating the purpose of print on demand. Um, and you know, the international backers are, are, are twitchy about that as well. Like, Oh, we don't get all the same perks. I'm like, we don't get all the same perks because then it's shipping right from here. Right. Um, and I can't, you know, I can't guarantee anything. I mean, if I'm shipping from New York, I know what goes out. I'm laying my hands on everything. I can give certain assurances. If I'm sending a list to Lightning Source for print on demand, that's all on faith. I've got to hope that uh, those books go out when they're supposed to go out. And we just had our first experience with Lightning Source books, and it seems to have gone fine. A lot of our backers, I mean, it was difficult getting set up, and they lost our files for six weeks, Ooh. Um, which, yeah, it was it was pretty stressful. Um, but it happened, it was hardly our only our company. Uh, I mean, they lost, they had a, uh, some kind of issue that a whole bunch of people were delayed. But when they when they got out, they were arriving in, in good order, in good condition, well packaged, no complaints. Um, so we're hoping to move forward now that we're, you know, completely set up with them. Uh, like we're planning to do print on demand for uh, nearly all of our books for from the Cold Warning Kickstarter and a great deal of them for the 7th uh, edition guide as well. Cool. 
All right. Uh, do you have any status updates on, on the previous projects? Uh, you know, where things are at, the, you know, as far as production and all that? Uh, the cold warning Kickstarter, we are waiting for the last cover to be finished for the cover for Riot at Red Plank. Once we get that cover, we can do cover design. Once the cover is designed, we can send out the backer surveys. Um, that book is, that first book is, we have the first 10 pages of the odd 43 pages, um, completely edited, solid, uh, ready to go. And I'm hoping to hook back up with the editor to uh, basically we, we're, we're meeting face to face, side by side, editing it, and it's going really well. Uh, I have a full time job, and he's a New York City teacher, so we're we're waiting for the school year to end to really <laughs> knock this out, and we'll have more time to do it. Right. Um, but you know that is going very very well. Um, the I've already put together the files for um, writing the northbound. So I'll be rewriting the uh, article from our first book, Island of Ignorance, where we're going to uh, re-release the hobo article and stat out the hobo professions for seventh edition. So you can play your seventh edition hobos, tr tramps and bums. Nice. Um, we're going to, I'm going to be rewriting, writing the Northbound, expanding it quite a bit for those who've played the original. Um, and for those who've played the original that clamored for a sequel, um, it's quite likely we'll be adding additional further scenes after the, what was the climax, so that the scenario will possibly be uh, one or more scenes longer um, so we're going to, I don't want to give away any spoilers. Um, it, it usually ends at a certain place where it's possible to have a further adventure. Okay. Um, we're going to be wrapping that possible further adventure up in this book. So for all the hobos, tramps, and bums out there who've played Riding the Northbound, um, you may get the chance to do that cool thing some of you didn't get a chance to do. <laughs> All right, cool. Most of you die or, <laughs> or run before you get to that point. But for those few people who actually got to the end, there may be more after that in the new version. Nice. Yeah. This goes south so fast sometimes. <laughs> um. Yeah, we have we have people die on the first train, you know, jumping off the first train. Um, mm -hmm. You really don't want to critically fail that climb roll, trying to get onto a moving train. <laughs> it could be really bad. <laughs> oh, it is and has been. We we had somebody finish the adventure with missing half a foot. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it, it, it's not an easy life being a hobo. I'm just just saying. That's true. That's true. It's horrible enough without the mythos. And then we <laughs> added the mythos and made it worse. <laughs> Much like divorce in our fiction collection. There you go. <laughs> All right. And then uh, what, what's the oh, status uh, of uh, Cthulhu Invictus? Uh, Cthulhu Invictus. We are... <sighs> we're, we're sorting out the files for Arya Slurko, one of our stretch goals. We are continuing to get sketch art in 
um, which will be finalized and accepting those concepts. We've just uh, firmed up a, a design on our um, No Faith in Appearances collection cover and our Keeper screen. Um, I'm about to, I've been working on the seventh edition conversion for Aria Slurko as we set those uh, files up for um, layout. Um, I'm hoping to get back to writing. We've got about half the book, if not more, written. Um, our fiction, our two of the scenarios that are in the No Faith in Appearance book just went into rewrites. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, we're finishing up the fillable character sheets so we can get the investigators out. I'm pretty excited about that. And I'm going to make an announcement here that we have not revealed publicly yet. Ooh, exclusives. Um, while talking to our designer and layout artist, he said, well, we're going to have to reopen all the files to set them back up for reprinting. And I said, well, you know, we've got like nine pages of ads from 2007 or 2000, whatever year it came out. It, they're way out of date. I said, can we take those ads out? And he said, sure. But since we're adding it anyway, do you want to insert the seventh edition conversions in the back? Um, so they'll be included in the reprinting. And I said, well, that would be that would be cool. We should definitely try and do that. And then he said, well, for a little more work, if you wanted, we could go through the whole book and insert all of the seventh edition changes to make it a seventh edition version of the original Arius Lurko. We can just convert the whole book off the bat. Hmm. And I said, yeah, I think we'll do that. <laughs> so when we reprint the you know, the legacy of Arius Lurko and we offer it print on demand to our backers. It's going to be a new version of, it's going to be the second edition of the legacy of Arius Lurko for seventh edition. Very cool. So we're, I'm pretty excited about that. So we're, we're going through it and we're deciding what we're going to drop. We're fixing the way poisons uh, have worked. Um, we're fixing some of the skills, uh, making some things like a hard success. We're going to add some suggestions for pushing. Um, I'm working rhetoric in. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, we're going to restat out the new spells we've created. Uh, so that's what we've been doing, because that's something we can do pretty quickly. And I'd like to keep my layout guy working um, and keep that at least moving forward. But that's got a lot of moving parts. And I'm hoping that uh, by mid-June, when this the current Kickstarter is done and all of the backer surveys have gone out, I can go back to just being a, a stop being a project manager for a while and spend a, a month or two back as an author and finish the legacy of our, and finish uh, the seventh edition guide to Cthulhu Invictus. Cool. And, and you're using backer kit for the uh, Invictus book? Yes, we are. Okay, yes, we cool. are. Um, so that'll allow people to uh, order um, additional items that they didn't order during the Kickstarter. Um, so that's why we're a little bit delayed. I wanted to have cover designs for everything so that when people go into uh, their backer survey, they see at least a, a, a rough cover 
you know, maybe it doesn't have the full color cover art, you know, color art, but it'll have the black and white and the design. So you at least get an idea of what you're, you're, you might want to, you know, like who's going to want to order a keeper screen if they don't know what the keeper screen's supposed to look like. Sure. Uh, so now we, we have a rough design and, um, and that sort of thing. Well, that's cool. I like for me when I back, like you know, especially you know, I back a gold golden goblin press project. I know we're gonna get it, so it's not like oh no, I haven't heard anything yet. Oh, what are they doing? Uh, you know, I know it's coming. I know it's gonna be beautiful. I know you guys are doing a great job. So, eh, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. I was talking to uh, one of my one of my editors today. And they were all apologetic and they're like, oh, you know, all this stuff came up and we're not going to get to work on this for like another two weeks. And I'm like, I said, look, there's a Kickstarter I backed. I just got an update and I'm like, oh, I wonder when this funded. And I looked at it, it was 2015. Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm still waiting for something that was in 2015 and they are only just going into editing. So yeah, I think we're good. Let's, let's, yeah. not, let's, let's not freak out about this. You know, we're, you know, we just finished funding in February. No, in March, March, I think March, the end of March. It's not yet the middle of May and we're one fourth fully edited, you know, and we've got half of the interior art um, and, I think, you know, four of the eight pre-gens done. Um, I, I think we're good. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, if we're going to lose two weeks, I think we're good. Um, let's, not, let's not be too hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, do you guys have uh, anything coming down the pipe that you want to talk about? You mentioned possibly another Kickstarter this year. Um, we're, we're thinking of, we have another fiction collection that's, going very very well um and if you know between twilight and dawn does well and our fiction line is 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 picking up we're thinking very we're leaning very heavily towards doing a uh our cat themed fiction book which is called uh tales of of terror with an eye uh call of cthulhu stories um and it was going to be a companion to our um cat thulu kickstarter that we were hoping to do later this year but the fiction book is coming together so well and it's such a strong collection um that uh, a few people have said you know i'm not a i'm not a gamer per se but i would definitely back a cat themed co you know cosmic horror book mm -hmm. um so we may be launching that one um uh you know later this year but uh I'm pretty tired. So after this Kickstarter, <laughs> I, I don't know if we're going to really have time to do another time or strength to do another one this year. Although I, I would like to get uh, one more after the summer. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, I mean, you know, uh, convention season's coming up too now, coming out all of these Kickstarters that you're doing. So that's going to be another huge. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll be at, I'll be at Kineticon. I'll be a Necronomicon and then I'll be a Carnage. Uh, and I won't miss any of those. I wouldn't miss them for the world. But yeah, um, I could pretty much stay home and work 40 hours a week for the next nine months on what <laughs> you've got going on. And um, it'd be fine. But we're going to find the time to do everything. Mm -hmm. That's except, awesome. Except rest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, I know how that feels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, it'll be cool being up at, up at Necronomicon. We'll get to hang out, a room party, play some games. My, my wife and I were just talking about the room party, and we're, we're, we're thinking of calling the hotel and trying to see if we can get a, a conference room on a level where there are no people trying to sleep. Oh, that would be awesome. Um, we're, we're a little nervous that they might not want us to uh, have alcoholic beverages at such a thing for insurance reasons so um well they have so a bar downstairs they can't say so, so so it might you know it might just be a a teetotaler party mm, that's not as much fun yeah yeah <laughs> can, can you see me winking <laughs> i don't know what's going to happen um yeah yeah uh we definitely definitely want to have another uh, another get together um that last one was just such a a, a blast you know, seeing so many cool, you know, fans and, and people in our creative community just come together, you know, have a cocktail and, and shoot the shit. Um, and, you know, and Glancy won't be there. So there'll be more drinks and, and you know, for the rest of us. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, may, maybe some of somebody else other than him will seem witty because that man <laughs> holds court like no other. That's for sure. He he hung out for the entire two plus hours when we did the hundredth episode. <laughs> I mean, he's great. I mean, he's you know, I would like like say if I can get drunk with one person, if he's got well, I have gotten drunk with Scott, <laughs> and it was awesome. So. Bucket list, check that off. <laughs> Bucket list, yeah. <laughs> I haven't, haven't gamed with him yet. I have not gamed with him yet. So we invited you for that when I, we did the Zeppelin thing. Oh. Uh, yeah, well, I'm busy. <laughs> well, no, I don't. I don't want to game with him. I don't want to game with him online. I want to game with him that I that I can smell the whiskey on his breath, and I want to feel go. and I want to feel the table shake when he rolls his dice. You know, yeah. if if I'm going to if I'm going for Scott Clancy experience, I want the whole experience. You know, I don't want the old duels of gaming <laughs> with Scott Clancy. You know. I want the, the Glenn Livets. I want, you know, I want the gold label. That's fair. That's fair. I, I've, I've been uh, suffering on O'Doul's all this time, <laughs> which is still an experience. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it, it's, it's, it's an okay. I, you know, and I run a lot of online games. I'm invited to run them, and I'm happy to do so. And I'm happy that people enjoy them. But to me, you know, Legends of Tabletop is on a tabletop surrounded by your friends, you know, bowl of chips, fighting over the last slice of pizza. Mm-hmm. You know, it was cool when I was 13. It's even cooler now. You know, yeah. it, it's still that magic of, of friends around a table. And it's even more special now because now, you know, everybody has so many things to do with work and kids and, you know, so many responsibilities. 13, you're like, oh, you're coming over? Sure, I'm coming over. Like, what are we going to do? Homework? Pfft, whatever. You know, now it's like, shit, we've got four hours on this Saturday and we're not playing again for maybe two months. So it's just, you know, it's just that much more. My laundry isn't getting done because <laughs> I'm coming to game this week and screw that. I'll, I'll turn my underwear inside out for a few days <laughs> next week. You know, so, so I'll so I'm not going to have, you know, anything to take to lunch. I'll, I'll just, you know, it'll mm-hmm. be peanut butter and crackers at my desk, but 
damn, it's going to be worth to spend six hours with my friends. I've yeah, got absolutely. people coming to my house from, from like across state lines. Like we'll plan a game three weeks in advance because it's like you say, it is just so hard yeah. to get people with lives and children's and, and jobs to take four to six hours out of their lives to sit around the table. Yep. Um, and it's like a, when you, when you get that all together, it's just like, it's a sacred time for all of you. Um, yep. Absolutely. We're right now we're, we're running five campaigns. I've got four GMs and I think, 15 individual players and like obviously i'm in everything jesse's in a couple of things so you know try coordinating all that every single month my daughter is waving i'm I'm gonna turn (laughs) Uh, yeah so it's 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 crazy like i have flow charts and calendars highlights and shit to try to get you know everybody's schedules and yeah it, we, oh, it's rough i make facebook groups yeah I, we have I, a I, make, I send i send out like a facebook invite for for and i'll send it to like 25 players mm-hmm. and if i can get four <laughs> that can meet on that day yeah um, i'm lucky yep. you know yeah, it, it's tough. I we we shouldn't we shouldn't and, be letting and I'm, the table and, I'm, and I'm mildly famous. You know? like, <laughs> I, I I I'm a, you know it, in this little in this little pond I'm a medium sized fish, and I could barely get four players to come over on a day. Uh, it just shows you how hard it is yeah. to to do this. But yeah, you know, it, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, when it happens, it's it's just wonderful. And I, you know, I'm just so busy. I can't even try. I can't. I don't even have time to do that anytime soon. Right, right. That, that that sucks. I mean, we we shouldn't even be legends of tabletop. We should be legends of hangout because literally yeah, everything that Google I'm, hangout. Yeah, everything that I play is all all for the podcast, and everything is online. And it's it's different. I mean, it, it's not you know like what you were talking about being at the table and all that stuff. But I, I tell you, I I think like a lot of the games that we're in are so much more focused because like, okay, we've got three hours on a Wednesday and let's story and RP and game on. And it, you know, it, it lends a different flavor to it for sure. Right. Right. I, I mean, I've, 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 table. I've, you know, we had a, the last time I ran a game for you guys, that was absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just, I'm like, oh, could you imagine what that would have been like if we were all in the same room? Um, Even better. Not, yeah. Not to take away from what, what happened, because I'm, I'm now I'm like, I got to go back and rewrite it. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, I thought I had it. I'm like, you know what? This works so much better. I should go add, you know, another, at least another thousand words of, of you know, flavor text and, and, you know, some of the cool things that happened in the game, you know, uh, you know, add some of that descriptiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was that was quick too, and we had a great time with that. Yeah, I think we did like two hours. I mean, it was it was short. Well, we're we're going to be running that as a demo uh, yeah. throughout the summer. Yeah. So, well, when your schedules you know settles down, we'll we'll have to get Jeff and and Vince and and uh, and Byron up, and we'll we'll have to continue that story. For sure. Yeah. Well, nobody, none of us died. None of, none of you died anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> came close, <laughs> but you know, all those guys live so we can definitely do another one. And I think you guys were 
part of the army of Metellus, the that uh, investigator society. The, I think that's what it was. Yeah, the ghost general. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. We we just got a piece of artwork back of the ghost general and a group oh, of nice. Uh, I'll uh, I'll I'll send it to you. You can post it on your show notes or whatever. Yeah, I still have to edit that. Oh, I have to edit that, and I have to edit that Zeppelin game still. Oh, it's in the queue. I'm like, oh, I really got to get these out. <laughs> well, yeah, I you know I feel your pain um, as somebody who's you know in the middle of their third Kickstarter of 2017. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll it's all gonna it'll all get out. You know we're we're working. I've got two. I've got three different teams working now. <laughs> that's a, that's uh, a lot to manage for sure. Yeah, it's I spin a lot of plates. Mm-hmm. Let, let me ask you this real quick, because I, I, I don't know that I've ever asked. Is is there a story behind the gold Golden Goblin Press moniker? Uh, the name of Golden Goblin Press. Yeah, yeah. The name it's actually was created by Ari e. Howard. Um. In I believe the Blackstone, um, and that was important for a few reasons. One, I'm an Ari e. Howard fan. I came to the mythos through Ari e. Howard, not a uh, H.P. Lovecraft. Um, so I'm a Howard guy. I like, you know, I'm not afraid of women and or you know or or punching someone in the face in my Cthulhu games. So uh mine is a little more pulpy and, and visceral uh than than the traditional Lovecraftians, which is fine. Um and in the mythology, Golden Goblin Press is a small publisher slash bookstore operating out of Manhattan, run by two brothers who receive whispers of you know the otherworldly through a statue of a golden goblin that they own and um and when uh tom lynch and i were running miskatonic river uh miskatonic river press after um after the unfortunate death of keith herber um, there was a time when we didn't think we were going to be able to keep running that company. We thought that um, we would kind of be either forced out or it would just die or we wouldn't be able to continue on because we didn't, you know, the, the agreement with the licensee agreement was with Keith Herber. We right. were just helping him. There was no guarantees that we would be able to continue. Um so I suggested to Tom, well, if that doesn't work out and we can't keep Miskatonic River Press going, why don't we form something else? And I remembered this publisher, this New York publisher run by two brothers created by Ari e. Howard called Golden Goblin Press. And lo and behold, that website was open. Um, nice. And, and, um, and it turned out we were allowed to continue with Miskatonic River Press. And we worked together for another, I think, two years after that. But when Tom, you know, had had enough and he's like, look, I'm going to go back to finishing working on my career and working on my fiction, um, which he's doing great in both. I, I am happy to say, but I kind of felt like I was just hitting my stride in publishing. Um, so I decided, well, I can do Golden Goblin Press, 
um, I just need some really good people. And I got some really good people to uh, join me. And uh, we started on that. Cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, just a little bit of, little bit of trivia. I'd, you know, every once in a while, like, you know, I'll get random thoughts. I'm like, oh, I should ask him about that and then forget yeah. all about it. it, it <laughs> it's an, it's an homage to Ari Howard. Um, and the Ari Howard's The Blackstone was the first mythos story I ever read. So for my company to be Golden Goblin Press, you know, in an homage to that was, uh, you know, my little bit of, of tribute to where this all started for me. Cool. Very cool. That's awesome. You have an opportunity to, you know, to do that and then be successful at it. That's, that's really cool. Like I said, 15 year old nerds having a beer, you know, it'd be really <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, that, that's all it is. You know, all of those stupid, you know, it'd be really cool. Um, and then you actually do it. And, and that's where, that's where I've been living the last 10 years or so, you know, it'd be really cool and get off your ass and try and do it. Yeah, exactly. And if enough people support you, you fund your Kickstarters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not to take this on a down note as, as we're wrapping things up here, um, it, you know, cause for a small company like Golden Goblin, you know, Kickstarter is obviously very important. You can't just go out and, you know, you know, do a print run of, you know, 10,000 books or whatever, and just have them sitting in, in your garage or a warehouse or whatever. Um, but do you, do you think there's some level of, of like Kickstarter fatigue? I mean, the, the tabletop community in general is very good, super supportive on Kickstarter. I mean, there's just so many games going on any given moment. Um, do you feel like there's, you know, like a certain amount of overload that, that can maybe, you know, crop up as, as people see, oh shit, there's another project. Ask me June 1st. <laughs> <laughs> and June 1st is the day between Twilight and Dawn Kickstarter comes to a close. So, uh, yeah, what? I, uh, is there overload? I don't know. There are board games that hit and they do, you know, a million dollars worth of business in, in no time. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, in that case, I would say no. Uh, but then there are really interesting projects that, you know, they, they, you know, they hit like Led Zeppelins and they go nowhere. Um, so is there fatigue? I don't know. Um, I like to think that if, if you do good work and you build up your fan base, they'll know you and, and you'll, your name will carry you past some of that uh, uncertainty, but I don't know. Again, um, it's impossible to really predict what's going to be successful and what's not. You just keep throwing stuff against the wall and hope it sticks. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I guess there's no different, right? I mean, like, if you were just releasing, you know, RPG manuals, you know, and I can pick them up at the, at the local game store, and, you know, you release two or three books a year, I guess there's no difference, right? I mean, you go in, you're like, oh, shit, you know, Golden Goblin's got another book out. Let me grab that off the shelf, you know. The, the the turnaround, you know, it's not an immediate, you know, satisfaction because, you know, you kickstart and wait. But, you know, like you say, you build up a reputation of, of success and quality work and, you know, delivery on time or, you know, real close to on time. But, you know, good communication. So, I mean, I, I you know, I, I look at my list. I'm like, oh, I backed a couple of kickstarters and I go and look like I backed like 30 kickstarters. I'm like, oh, <laughs> what, am I, what am I backing? <laughs> 
I, it's 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 kind of like you know eBay used to be. It's like you see this really cool thing and you bid on it, and then like a week later you're like, why did I get these red tiger stripe mittens? <laughs> yeah. you know, was I was you know was I on Xanax when I made this bid? Um, and yeah, I I I'm as guilty of it as anyone else. I've received really interesting things from in the mail that I kickstarted and when they showed up I had no idea what the hell they were and I'm like wow it's a it's a it's a horror themed cocktail recipe book I vaguely remember backing this but this is really cool you know wow it's a you know it's a zombie themed world war II graphic novel set in Stalingrad okay I don't remember backing this but Shit, it sounds, it, you know, I must have thought it was a great idea at the time, so I'm going to read it, and I enjoyed it, you know, so, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. All have, we all have those. <laughs> that I, sounds I've, awesome. I've got, a, I've got a graphic novel about a shark dinosaur tunneling creature coming, and I'm like, okay, I'm not really sure why I backed this, but, you know, <laughs> we're, we're it, you know, it seemed like a good idea at the time, and it'll be great when it gets here. Um so yeah, there's there's Kickstarters you pack and you watch and you're really angry. And then there are the crockpot Kickstarters that, you know, and I don't mean crockpot like you're you're crazy. I mean, like you set it and, you know, you, you walk away for 12 hours and you come back, you have pot roast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I forgot I started cooking this 12 hours ago, but it's delicious now. So here we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I don't ever want to be the crockpot. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm shooting more for microwave, at least. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, you, you guys are, are quality through and through. So, I mean, anybody that's on the fence, you know, go hit the pledge button. There's, there's links in the show notes for all the stuff. Um, you know, you're going to get an awesome book, full great stories. Uh, and and I, I'm going to say that when we fund, this book is written, this book is edited, I can get a turnaround on the art really quickly, and I'm going to do my damnedest to get physical copies out before Halloween. Because nice. who, who doesn't want a brand new horror collection in their hands before October 1st? Mm -hmm. You're, you're going to be able to, you know... Light that fire, make that cup of hot cocoa, put a quilt over yourself on your armchair and enjoy anywhere between 11 and 18 great stories that take place between twilight and dawn. That's, that's awesome. And I, I'm absolutely looking forward to it. And I will put aside anything I happen to be working on at the time so <laughs> I can experience that in the month of October. <laughs> right. And they're short stories. You can read one, read two, and come back to it another time. Mm -hmm. That's about my level these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all of ours. We're 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 not a very attention span heavy society anymore. I don't think. Well, I'm I'm reading a book right now. Well, I'm halfway through a book on Roman art history, but it also sort of gives like history history, which is is good for me. You know, it's interesting to learn, you know, like all this different stuff about Roman art and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I, it'll literally take me like a month to read it because I'll pick it up for 10 minutes, which is hard, you know, because it's dense to pick it up and put it down and, you know, go back to it. I'm like, shit, I got to reread this half a page. Yeah, yeah. 
it's it's hard finding time and living your life. Absolutely. But yeah, so everybody go back, check out the links in the show notes. We'll we'll have this available as an MP3 in a, in a couple couple days. I'll have to get it downloaded and edited. Um, you want to give out all of your your contact stuff for those who are too lazy to go and look at the show notes. Um, yeah, we're on. We have a Kickstarter running right now between Twilight and Dawn. Go check that out. You can find us on Facebook, you know, Golden Goblin Press. We are on Twitter. I'm trying to be better about, you know, putting things on Twitter. Um, and that's really about it. I mean, we, you know, nobody wants to see me play Destiny, so I don't have a Twitch yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're also on, on Facebook. and Yeah, we're on Facebook. Uh, my author page is on Facebook, and uh, you can find, you know, and uh, we post on Facebook quite a bit. You get tune into our Golden Goblin Press Facebook page and you'll get to see get the first peek at all of our new sketch art, final covers, um, updates on where the projects are. If you think we're annoying on our Kickstarter updates, <laughs> wait till you read the crap we talk about on our Facebook page. It's kind of like, you know, double the annoyance of, of way too much information. Like, Oh, I don't want I don't really care what golden goblin press had for lunch today. <laughs> it's not quite that bad. It's always project related, um, but it could be very thinly project related. So uh, hey, that's all right. More information is better, especially yeah. when you're talking about people's money. So put right, the right. at ease. we are com completely transparent. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right. You can find this awesome interview and all of our other cool stuff at legendsoftabletop.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at Legends Tabletop. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Player FM, Google Music, or SoundCloud. We're on Tumblr and all those different things. So check us out. You can punch us into Google. You'll find us all over the place. You'll probably find Oscar on in conjunction with us all over the place because he's on like every other week with something or another. <laughs> so uh, I apologize for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's always a pleasure having you on. So absolutely, absolutely. a lot of fun being on. It really is. And and we appreciate it and we're and we're happy to to help, you know, spread the word of Golden Goblin Press and try to convert as many people as possible. I'm I'm proud to be a part of that. We appreciate it. We do. Uh, and we certainly need the help. <laughs> All right. I want to thank everybody for checking this out. Uh, if you could rate us, review us, or leave us a review on iTunes, that would be fantastic. That helps us, uh, you know, get the podcast notice a little bit more. Uh, you know, if you're on forums talking about podcasts, throw our name out into the mix. That would be fantastic. Again, that helps us out a bunch just to get us, you know, a little bit more visibility. And uh, thank you, everybody, for checking it out. And we'll catch you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.